Are you tired of all the dating games, rules, and societal norms that make falling in love confusing and stressful? Then join us as we ditch the script and empower you to establish healthy, conscious relationships. This weekly podcast breaks down popular dating reality television and educates you on healthy versus toxic dating habits. I'm Brianna, a licensed therapist. And I'm Alex, a trauma-informed and certified narcissist recovery coach. Are you ready to ditch the script? coming to my concert oh my god that was beautiful i couldn't even hear what you were singing i imagine it was taylor swift yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was cardigan it was the song i was playing and i saw like alex was were you belting out loud in your own yeah. space oh my god incredible and so i just went the the lighter, lighter. route which uh, felt because right it. it just felt right it- it was a vibe. It was a vibe. It's a vibe. That was actually yeah. really cool. Oh wait, oh wait. We didn't even reflect on what okay. First of all, let me let me present this in a way that's gonna be useful. Um we have a very special guest on uh an episode that's gonna be coming out. Yes, we do. And I'm not gonna name names because Alex and I haven't really discussed the the what's coming first, this episode or the other one. But let's just tease and just say it's a special guest. And if this the app that episode's already been released, then you know who I'm talking about and you're in the know and good for you. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, because you're only go listening listen to, this to one, it. Go listen to the other one. So we have a special guest and we also invited them to engage in like a silent dance in that first 30 seconds. Yeah. While we're unmuted, while we're like muted. And that was just yeah. so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Because this person chose to do stretches, which is fine. You know, like, I get it. They're like, what am I, what did I get myself into? These two crazy <laughs> bitches are, like, over here, like, you know, doing their classic dance moves from How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Yeah, exactly. Truly. Like, literally. Um, And so, you know, being in the industry that this person's in, they were like, you know, I'm going to stretch my body, you know, and, and put it in shapes that I don't usually, meaning, like, if I'm sitting, we're doing the opposite movement. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, to each their own. To each I love that for them. I love that Me for too. them. I thought, I thought that that Same. made a lot of sense. I don't know if I would have ever gotten on, um, you know, a video call with random people and w- in which they gave me permission to dance and move my body however I would have. I don't know like, if do I would I feel that comfortable. Yeah. Am I about to like shake out a wiggle? We yeah. were just like, listen, dance, don't dance, ignore us, whatever. Like Sing. this is what we'll be doing. Yeah, yeah, sing. We didn't choose singing in that room. No. That, that we went no. our classic, like, what makes sense yep. to you and me? And we were like, we're dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Today, I chose singing because I played my You've guitar. Been uh, yeah, exactly. So it's kind of, if I'm being honest, it's still playing in my head, even right now as I'm mm. talking. It's like I hear it. And so, um, you know, I just had to, to let that out while we were. Uh, yeah, Alex, Alex. Up says that she's in her own heiress tour yeah bitch i am yeah yeah you're having your own eras era yeah I, which is ain't beautiful. that the truth ain't yeah. that the fucking truth <laughs> well while you're in your eras era i'm in my covid era yeah you are bitch are you yeah. okay no <laughs> no 
I am take- so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Listen. It's not this okay. Is, no, it's not okay. But this is the consequence of being out here in these streets and uh, living my life. You know, I mean, a bitch was bound to it. get COVID. COVID has been coming up again yeah. in kind of a serious way. And it got me. Got you. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I can only hear out of one of my ears, and probably that ear is about 30%. We're doing great. All right. And you know what's really frustrating about this? Tell me. Um, First of all, I feel very lucky. I was reflecting on this today. I'm like, I'm, to my knowledge, I haven't had COVID up until now. This is my first time. Oh, this is your first time? Well, congratulations. Yes, thank you. That's amazing. I know. To my knowledge, this is my first time. Uh, if, if I have had COVID before, then it, I was unaware because maybe I was asymptomatic or it was a cold and flu that like tests did not detect, whatever. I'm not sure. Um, but what I am grateful for is having this knowledge and being in this environment. I feel really, really, really grateful because I'm in my own space. I don't have any roommates that I need to be worried about like infecting. I don't even have a partner that I'm like worried about infecting. Yeah. Or like them trying to figure out how to be not sick for however long that would last. Um, Like I I can do every, I don't need to leave this house. Like I'm okay. And my parents are 15 minutes away. Like I'm right now. Little drops of soup at your door. You're fine. Yeah. Like I, for the most part, I'm taking care of myself, but if I needed support, they're there. So this is quite literally the best case scenario for me. The only thing that sucks is that Tucker doesn't totally get it. No. Like, oh, preach. I know exactly what you're, let's talk about this because it is, it is truly a challenge. It's a challenge being sick when you have a dog that's like, yes. Feed He's me, like, play with me, walk me. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Like, bitch, and I'm like, do you not see this? Yeah, take cues. This morning, this morning, Tucker like woke up at um like 6:30, and oh. which is not abnormal. Like that's usually when yeah. he gets but his life. Today it's not the vibe. Yeah. Today it's not a vibe. Today was like the one day where I could have slept in. And so t- sometimes if I have time to sleep in, which is very rare, I'll like I'll, I'll let him out. I'll feed him and then he will be satiated enough to be able to actually go back to sleep if I'm going back to sleep. We tried that today. And then he was like, and starts barking at me and like nipping at me to be like, I don't know if Jax ever does this, but he does like a little like, like the back of it, like the front of his teeth. Anyway, it's not. Jax just comes and puts his ass in your face and he's like, wake the fuck up. (laughs) I would prefer that. Um, uh, Tuck, this is this is part of Tucker's like bad boy behavior, but he and I and I'm trying to tell him like, "Mummy's sick, like please, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. mummy's not feeling well, like, yeah. mummy's really sick, like please, please leave mummy alone." And he's like, "We have to be out," and I get it. He's yeah. got to take a shit. He's got to run his little legs out. But I am so unwell and so unwell in the morning. It's the worst. It's the worst. But the morning and the nights are the fucking worst. Well, first of all, I'm proud of you. But yeah, yo. Also, like, 
so July of last year was when I had COVID and yes. we recorded. And so I, now I feel like it's a fucking anniversary. Like, Oh my almost. God. Crazy. But That's so true. I could not imagine have going through that with this guy. Cause I didn't right. have Jax yet. I had COVID right. the month before I got Jax, which we're actually about to celebrate our one year anniversary. So wow. Good. That happened so fast. Right. I think it's yeah. the 28th to be exact. Um, of August. But Yeah. And then his birthday's coming up. Anyway, oh. so um, I could not imagine going through COVID and taking care of this guy. Like, couldn't. So, yo, like, kudos to you. I don't know how you're doing it. That's probably what I would have done. I would have been like, Lynn, Chris, come get this dog. I know. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought about it. <laughs> yeah. I thought about it's it. It's a lot. It's like yeah. they don't get it. They're like, yeah. you know, uh, I'm over here. I can hardly keep my head up. I also, I would get, I don't know about you, and I hope this isn't your experience, but I just remember being so lightheaded anytime I was vertical that I had to be laying down. Like I needed to be in a horizontal position for basically like a month. And yeah. I would not have been able to be a dog mom. Yeah. Especially single. I actually feel better uh, once I'm once I'm standing okay. and I'm moving around. Good. Yeah. I think the reason why I haven't like I thought about that this morning because he was being really annoying and I was like, dude, you don't get it and that's no. not your fault and also I wish you would. But the reason why I'm like I I don't want them to take him yet or I haven't pulled that trigger is because if I just meet his needs, his exercise needs in the morning, he is such a lump and a loaf for the rest of the day and actually Perfect. truly needs very little a period for the rest of the day that I'm like, I'm glad that I have someone here, you know, because oh, yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be a long 10 days. It's going to be a long 10 days. <laughs> and I, ideally- I already talk to myself a lot. <laughs> We're about to be like, talking to We don't need to, to make it paint. worse. Yeah. yeah, we're about to be talking about the paint. So I kind of need well, a living being. How are you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to start. Like, I've never named my plants, but I might start naming them. You know, I have named plants. I haven't named yeah. these plants, but I have done that in the past. Yeah, yeah, there was, I can't remember. I didn't have COVID, but there was one time where I was sick while I did have jacks, and I was literally trying to be like, remember that time that you got neutered and you had a cone on your head? You probably wouldn't have wanted me jumping all over you trying to force you to cuddle me. So like reciprocate, bro. And he just was like, no. He was like, I don't speak human. In your face. Yeah. How about a little bit of self-awareness? How about, you know what, dog? Read the room. Read the room. Yeah. Read the room. Um, Well, right now he's passed out being little angel man back there. Yeah, same with Tucker. Tucker's knocked out. All right, he's just like he's figured out when I'm talking to my computer, he like fucks off, puts himself away. Yeah, Yeah, which is very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for letting me talk about my illness for a long time. Absolutely, absolutely, Mm -hmm. it's important, and we're really sending you lots of love and healing and breathing. Thank you. And cleared nostril vibes. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much going on in my biology. It's yeah. fucked. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay. So are you ready to talk about Love is Blind Japan? 
I am. I want to go to Japan so bad. Me too. Let's go together. Now that I have my yeah. passport, bitches. She's got her passport. She's First international. Time in my life. I'm about to yeah. be. Yeah. This is a Let's big deal. Go. It really is. It really is a big deal. When I got this in the mail the other day, um, first of all, this photo up in here, blackmail, straight, straight blackmail. I was just, get, I was gonna ask you, how do you like your picture? No, it's, it's awful, no. and I knew it was awful because. So I had a feeling you couldn't wear white, but I didn't listen to that feeling, and so I showed up to the post office and with a white T-shirt, and so. The male person doing my paperwork was like, well, you can't wear white. So here's this old lost and found USPS navy blue vest thing that I need you to oh, put on. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, and no. Then, and then the room was so small, she couldn't stand in front of me to take a photo. So she was like this, like off to the side, like holding the camera around. So it was like. Oh, no. Suffice Alex. it to say, your girl looks like she has chipmunk cheeks. Like, I literally look <laughs> like I put 50 peanuts in my mouth, and I'm just like... <laughs> Storing for the winter. Yeah. Oh, anyway, no. But that's not what matters. The only thing that matters is that for the longest time, I've been telling myself I'm going to get a passport and go out of the country for the first time, and I am a step closer to all of mm. that now and it feels like such a long time coming and i'm just super fucking thankful the doors so. are open there are no more barriers to entry the only no the more. only thing standing in your way is like it's where and when and how much <laughs> yes and how much uh so stay tuned for those uh <laughs> announcements because i will y'all will hear it hear it here first because I'm so stoked. I have to celebrate this with you. So it's happening. I know. Yeah, okay. it's exciting. But anyway, we will use this passport someday to go to Japan. And until then, we're going to Japan through our television Virtually. screen. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which just okay. isn't the same. We are, we're still covering Love is Blind Japan. This is episode seven and eight. This is like the couples have officially moved into their... Uh, like shared housing. Yeah. So they're in their apartment. So we are post like getaway and we are entering as close to real life as they've been able to experience since the pods. Yeah. So basically shit gets real. For cereal. Yeah. Yeah. I think let's just, let's just tackle each couple's journey Great. One couple Through at both a time. episodes. Yeah. Heard. I'm on the train with you. Ready. Yeah. Let's 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 smooth it out. Okay. Who do you want to start with? Pick your victims. Can we choose talk about, your character? Can we talk about Kauro and Misaki? Yeah, let's because ooh, in the second episode I wanted to come through the TV a little bit. And I'll yeah. talk about why. Yeah. I'm so yeah. interested to hear if we were thinking the same things. I agree. I yeah. I'm I I had a lot of feelings. That's why I'm like I want to talk about them. Okay, let's I go. I'm ready. I I want to acknowledge that like Misaki is is acknowledged as and talked a lot about as this like uh like airhead, which I do yeah. not like. Yeah, I term. don't like how he's being talked about, but I I do get that he's kind of just he's kind of known as this like oddball. Where everyone yeah. kind of describes him as like, and by everyone I mean Kauro and like the Misaki's friend, and and also Kauro's friends. Yeah, yeah, like we see less of all of them together in these two episodes. Um, 
and more just like in their own individual experiences with their people. But he's sort of, it's like the way the phrase that comes up a lot is like, I've never met anyone like him. And, uh, and his friends were like, yo, you never will meet anyone like him. It's kind of this condescending ish, a little passive aggressive way of being like, he's a weird one. Yeah. Take it or leave it. Yeah. It gets a little contemptuous too. Yeah. And it's like, first of all, I think I personally think Misaki, I don't think we're seeing a lot of him. Um, I think we're hearing a lot more about him. Oh, my mom is here. Dropping soup. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to just take a quick break. Yeah, you do it. Sorry. No, you're Gucci. Okay. Yes. What were you saying? Misaki. Um, yeah, it's like, I think he's probably, I feel like if I was there and I met the guy, I'd probably get along with him because I just have this feeling that he's playful in the ways that I'm playful in, like very similar. Um, and what, here's the deal. When we're entering partnerships, we need to accept our partner for all of who they are, including the areas that you might not be super stoked about which means if someone is playful and you're more serious you know you need to accept the fact that they have a playful part not try and take their playful part and make it a serious part and I feel like that is really what is grinding my gears with this couple at this point because initially it came up a little but now I feel like it's all Karu is focusing on and it, because of that hyperfixation, they're just seeing a problem after problem. And it's like, look, you're reading into this. You're, in my opinion, she's assigning too much weight to some of the things that are coming up for her. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because instead of, it's like, I feel like so many people get into partnerships where it's like, because I'm this way and I need a partner to be this way. It's like, I'm going to choose this person and then try and make them into the partner that I want for me instead of just respecting that person for the individual they are. And I feel like Karu's kind of starting to get there where she's like, you're not allowed to be playful like this. You're not allowed to be airheaded like this. You're not allowed to just not think about these things and not plan all these things you need to be. She's so rigid. And it's like, what I really think if I was going to do couples counseling with these two is I actually think Misaki's a great fit for Karu to chill the Mm. fuck out and enjoy her life personally wow but i don't know if she's open to influence on me like by misaki okay that's it i could not agree more could not yes. agree more Thank yeah you. um and i don't get me wrong i love when we have a little healthy discourse Debate. and we do a little disagreeings but you just describe something that i especially in my like six state i don't know if i was gonna have the words to really describe but in her looking for someone who is the type of person that she is or to like engage in partnership in the way that she does she is seeing these she's nitpicking or it's like showing up as nitpicking she's seeing these tiny little differences and and like you said assigning too much weight to it so for example the best example that I can think of is like Misaki's hanging out with Kaoro's friends and it comes up like uh, do you know my last name? What's my last name? And also this whole situation in which he was like really being put on the spot 
yeah. it's not that Cairo wasn't asking good questions, but she's asking good questions in mixed company that is really pretty unfair to your partner because he's supposed yeah. to like be he's like honest. Being ganged up on. Yeah, be honest, but he also is supposed to be making a good impression with your friends. Like you're quizzing this person with a very biased audience. Like that's not mm-hmm. cool. Like don't mm-hmm. do not help your new partner out by allowing them to like support their support them being them in front of your friends so your friends can just get to know yeah. the good good stuff, especially in those earlier experiences. Jesus. And by the way, it's so ironic because you and I were talking about this offline before we started recording in like our own Uh lives when we're meeting partners, friends and stuff like that and how it can be overwhelming. And so it's like, think about this from Misaki's standpoint. Not only is he one meeting, like, I think one, two, three, there were at least four of her friends. Three? Three? There were three people. Yeah. So three friends plus a reality show. And it's like- yo that is the um um, the amount of overwhelm and like almost like kind of the need to please is so intense that it's like you are really like not doing your partner or your relationship a service by putting them on the spot like this and what really irked me was it wasn't even just the questions. It was the way they were asking them and kind of like passive aggressively being like, haha, that's so funny, but it's fucking not funny. Like it didn't, yeah. it, it was like, you're laughing, but the energy in the room was like, what the fuck? You know what I yeah. mean? And yeah. I didn't like that. I didn't appreciate that. And like, like, again, this was the part, like, I don't think Karu, it's a malicious thing. I think she truly is wrapped up in her head because of her own fears. And if I'm being even more honest, I think it comes more from um, maybe a traditional background with family or the society, the culture, right? Um, yeah. Because I don't think Karu is like trying to maliciously come after Misaki for the sake of attacking Misaki. I think it's her own fears, right. but those fears are stemming from what quote unquote, a relationship should be and how right. serious it is, you know? Yeah. So in order to, and I, I think that you brought this up first, and I think it's a really good point. In order for Caro to be, um, to really experience what it could be like to be with Misaki, she really needs to let him be himself and lean into it, and just yeah. have fun. And like, I yeah. get it, you're working up. I think that there's just a lot of pressure because of the structure of the show. Like, mm-hmm. they are engaged; they're supposed to get married in three weeks. Um, and at this point where they're meeting each other's friends, I don't know how long it's actually been. So, and how much time they have left. So I can appreciate that there being like a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of pressure of like, wait, we need to make a decision and I need to know everything I need to know. But uh, like, she really needs to just let him be himself. Like he, he's a, he's a good dude. Like he, he's very mindful to her there. Um, when Misaki, uh, introduces Caro to his friend. Um, I thought that this was really interesting because Misaki just absolutely, this would annoy me as well. I do want to say this, but like he absolutely dropped the ball in like trying to like introduce Caro to his friend or explaining what was going on. And his friend was sort of like, so tell me like, what's this all about? And Misaki's like, about what? And he's like, we're engaged. The fact that you're engaged, the fact that I'm in this place that's not actually your home. Like, I don't know anything. 
Um, yeah. And I thought that that was just really funny. It's it's very clear that Misaki's not a very good communicator, the kind of communicator that like Caro is looking for. Um, yeah. And it seems like his friend Mis- kind of echoes really, that as I well. Think this, yeah, I think what's really cool about Misaki is that he it i think it comes from a place of being so present like he's so Mm. in the moment that the thinking ahead and communicating ahead is definitely a skill he can adopt right but you know the guy like he goes back and forth to kenya he has a really dope job he clearly has a heart for humans with what we find out with how Mm -hmm. you know he'll go to the slums of kenya and like help the kids play and like all of that like that's like and to me to me that's what's way more important than like the facts of like do you know my last name do you know my favorite color it's like that shit's like like okay cool like that's pop quiz stuff but a character a person's character is really at the end of the day what's going to make or break a relationship and i think misaki's dope again does he have some relationship skills that he could develop the communicating thing and kind of thinking ahead yes absolutely but i think you know what i think what caro and this i see so many people get hung up on this it's like Caro is looking for a partner who communicates the way she communicates, you know, finds things funny the way she finds things funny. And when we, when we get, and again, I'm not saying that we should have complete opposites. Like, I don't think that's really possible. Like for you to fall in love with someone who hates everything that you love. That's not what I'm saying here. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about a partner who compliments us, I think this is what Karu is missing out with, with Misaki is like, Mm. Misaki's playful. Misaki's very youthful. Misaki has values that are like very nurturing and wholesome. And Karu is so like, career focused and like traditional i mean look at the way she presented herself to misaki when they met in real life she was full-on kimono garb so it's like Mm -hmm. clearly there's an aspect and again that's beautiful i'm not saying tradition or all of that is like bad please hear me that's not the goal here but it's like we need to if we're looking for relationships to help us grow you know finding someone who is a replica of who you are is going to be so monotonous and boring and not cater to your growth. Um, mm. Whereas when we can find partners who compliment us, it allows us to fully experience life in ways that before we were in that relationship weren't accessible to us. And mm. I think that that is what I want for Karu and Misaki. Like mm-hmm. I want her to be able to play and let go and hang like, you know, chill, just chill, enjoy life, yeah. be present, you know, stop trying to figure out what tomorrow's going to look like all the time, you know? True. So. You're already in this situation, which is a very like random out of the ordinary type of system. So just yeah. engage in it, see what it's like with this person. I, I, I do, I think I would have a similarly hard time if this person didn't know my last name at and the reason for that is because it would feel like, am I, is this stuff not, am I not important enough for you to be able to like learn and remember this stuff? I think that she's feeling not special, not maybe not seen. It's hard to say. It's like and what we didn't get with editing. It's I, like, yeah. And that's the way I wish she communicated it instead yeah. of, cause it's like when we're, more focused on the facts instead of the feelings it seems weird she's like why don't you know my last name why don't you know these facts about me and it's like instead of doing that it's like hey 
I feel really valued and important in a relationship when you do know these details about me. And so I would really love it if maybe for the next 10 minutes, we sat down and just kind of went back and forth, like 20 question style and like had a combo around these facts that would really make me feel loved, you know? Um, And maybe they could even turn it into a game if she's like, I'll give you a pop quiz later. And for everyone that you get wrong, you know, that's a night this week, you have to cook dinner. I don't know. Like, you know, you can make it fun. Right. And, you know, speaking of cooking dinner, I love that Misaki was cooking dinner for her because we see a lot of traditional roles come out in some of the other couples where like the woman is very much the nurturing, like I'm making dinner, I'm getting you coffee, like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But Misaki starts cooking dinner one night and is like, wow, housewives have to do a lot of work. And I was like, yes, Misaki. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah. we love that shift in perspective. Exactly. So I just, I really think this guy is a good dude. Um, So whether he ends up with her or not, and same with Karu, like, I don't think Karu's like, not a great woman. I do. I just think she's a little stuck in her ways. And like, she could learn from like, gaining new perspective and opening herself up more. Um, So I I hope they figure it out. Because I really do think there's potential for them. But regardless, I wish them well, we'll just have to see. (sighs) I don't know if I see it happening. They might just not be compatible. They really might not be. And that's that. That would be fine. Actually, I'm trying to wonder if there would be a different girl that we've seen in the show that would be a good fit for Misaki. I have an idea. Tell me. I saw your light bulb. Yeah. I, I didn't want to go here because I like this relationship. I love, um, I love Rotaro and what's her name? Matomi. Matomi. Yeah. I love Rotaro and Matomi. Um, but I do think that Matomi would be a good fit with Misaki. I, I, I like the couple that she's in already. And I, Same. I think I that that couple that. actually works really well, but she's just like a little, she can be like a little silly. Yeah. Yeah, I I would have to go back through because I also wonder if some of the girls who either like have left the show like Nana comes up Mm -hmm. or if there's other girls like Ari who didn't even make it into a couple. I feel like right there might there might be another (laughs) another option that we've seen on the show who may have been a better fit for what Misaki is aiming for. We'll see. Yeah, totally. Okay. Coolio, um, there's a couple that brings up similar frustrations for me, just as far as like the Ooh. pattern of communication. Let's uh, go. Uh, and it is Priya and Mizuki. Oh, yes. Let's go there. Yeah. So Ooh. I wish that we had more of a deep dive into what we last saw from Priya and Mizuki, which was the like Mizuki posturing in the restaurant, like give me the most expensive bottle of wine and Priya being like, Ooh, I actually really don't like that. That's for a different type of girl. It's not for me. And I was like, yes, same. Totally understand. I don't know if they ever talked about that, but if they did, we didn't see it. And if they didn't, I'm like, that sucks. I think Priya does something that I really liked, but it unfortunately was the only thing that I felt was working in her favor. She's having a conversation with Mizuki and she says, she was like, um, I wrote it down. You said you didn't need to make a profit from your restaurant. And when you said that, 
how you expressed it made me really curious later on. And I was like, that is such a great Great. way to like, let someone know, Hey, this is something that stuck out without being, uh, what the fuck do you mean by that? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like supercharged, like you're, you're, you're approaching it with curiosity because you, and the reason for this is even if it made her like sound off the alarms being like, wait, what the fuck does that mean? Um, which is appropriate. Like, I, I think I, that's internally what she, but she didn't let that she didn't affect say her that. communication. Yeah. And I just want to say like, skill. right. And the, like the reason why I'm pointing this out and the reason why I'm saying like, we can learn from that type of approach is because of the impact that it has on our partner. If we approach someone and we were like, Hey, you said that like you didn't need to make a profit. That really scared me. What the fuck does that mean? Can you explain that better? That's going to put that person in this like quasi defensive mixed with like, I need to like explain the situation so that you don't feel nervous and upset. And instead she's like, Hey, I'm really curious about this. Like, can you explain more to me? Like that was really interesting. And then he could be like, oh, well, I mean, blah, 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 about making a profit from the restaurant. He's yeah. basically saying, like, if it doesn't go well, I can sell it and I can make a profit there. Tra la 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 la. Yeah. And <clears throat> then it's kind of all downhill from there because it does get Very. a little interrogation me after. Yeah. yeah. It was just like challenging. Like, and specifically, what we're talking about is Priya is challenging Mizuki and Mizuki, she's just like, like what what kind of partner are you looking for and then what does that mean for me but what happens if that changes for me she it, mizuki did a good job of reflecting but unfortunately not in front of priya he needed to do this with they need to do this with each other but he reflected he was like she was asking the same question from different angles and i just thought if i just answer the question good if i get through the questions like i'll be okay clearly he's not feeling uncomfortable he's feeling quizzed and it's like, I don't know, none of this was conducive to like actually learning from each other. No. Yeah. I think she also, you know, when we first, she talks about like, you watch me too much. Like when we first see them in this scene, she's like, you're always like, you're watching me take my makeup off. You're watching me cook. You're watching me do this. You're watching me do that. And it's like, okay, instead of all the you statements, talk about how it's making you feel. It's clearly making you feel anxious or on edge yeah. or something. And so it's like, you know, that is going to one, keep the emotional safety because instead of like saying you're doing this, you're doing that. And very much the energy with which you're saying those things is like an energy of disapproval. It's like, that's just going to make Mizuki think that like you're you don't like him. Like something's wrong with him. And that's not true. It's just, you are feeling uncomfortable. So it's like, own that Priya instead of like, just calling him out on these things. Um, and then that energy carries over into this like interrogation thing where she's very focused on trying to get him to open up about like, well, what's your five-year plan? What are your revenue goals? What's this? What's that? How do you see going to Australia? Why Australia? There's other places to live. How would a family fit in there? Well, if you go to Australia, wouldn't that have to be a housewife? And I told you, I don't want to be a housewife. And it was like, pump the brakes. But that's how it felt for me, right? It's how it felt for me too. And it obviously felt that way for him as, as well. Yeah, Sorry, and I have, so I have to cough. You cough. 
so it's just like we need to understand when we have concerns about a relationship that it doesn't behoove the relationship or our partners to allow the energy and emotions that are stemming from the concerns to bleed into the communication, which is why I'm like, take a break. And I'm, I'm a proponent. I don't know about you, but when I was working with couples, I'm a proponent of a premature break. It's like, even if you're not like escalated to the point to where like you're raising your voices or things are being thrown across the room, like we don't need to wait for it to get that unhealthy to then take the time out. It's like the second you feel your chest, like for me, and everyone's different. So you have to sit with your own body and figure it out. But I'll just share my experience. For me, when I feel my chest start to get flighty, and like Mm. I say bats instead of butterflies, like that feeling of like shakiness, my throat starts to clench, I start to swallow really hard, you know, my Mm. hands usually start to clam up. It's like when my body is saying these things, even if the conversation is still like I'm talking right now, but maybe the topic is bringing up this sensation. I'm, that's a cue for me to be like, hey, this isn't the time to talk about this. Or like, I need a moment. Give me some space. Because when we start to get into that dysregulated state, our logical mind goes offline. Even the area of our brain in charge of speech can go offline, which means we're not able to fully communicate or articulate what we're trying to express. And it's not going to behoove us. And so it's like, what I wish these two did was to one, recognize that within themselves, take the break and just focus on one fucking question. Hey, I'm concerned about the revenue or hey, I'm concerned about the timeline and what that vision looks like for you and your ideal relationship, you know? Hey, I'm concerned about what you expect from me. Exactly. Like, we don't, it doesn't need to be everything all at once. It can't be everything all at once. It's way too overwhelming. So, you know, when we're talking about communication skills, that is a huge component for this couple. And I don't really feel like they're going to get off the ground much, if I'm being honest. I don't think that she's allowing it to. And and, yeah. and and maybe there's good reason. Like I think that there's I think that she's seriously Okay, this is how it feels. I don't know if this is what's happening, but it feels like she's noticing that there's significant incompatibilities between the two of them and she's quizzing him and challenging him as a means mm-hmm. to see that it all rises to the surface so that she can be like that that's not working. This is why it's not good enough. Like just like trying to justify it when, um, which feels very protective and very like, I need to take care of myself and make sure I don't let, put myself in a yeah. bad situation. Um, but I wish that they would just talk about it like adults and meet on the same side of these conversations instead of feeling yeah. like, cause I think he's just trying to impress her. And has been doing so, which is why he was like, give me the most expensive bottle. And also like, yeah, I, your motivation is what motivates me. And he's like, he likes her and he's trying to answer the questions properly or what he thinks would be the proper way to answer the questions. But she's not, she's also not approaching this from a place of, I'm actually really concerned. Let's talk about why I'm concerned. No. Yeah. Yeah. So then here's what gets a little weird for me is we go to um in the next episode we see her hang out with her girlfriends. 
And yeah. walking, like, going into this, I was like, oh, this is going to be a gossip sesh. Like, I really thought she was going to sit down with them and be like, here are all the things wrong with this guy I'm engaged to. But it doesn't start off that way, actually. I was pleasantly surprised to see her share a photo with them and talk about how handsome he was. And, like, she's all about it in that way. She does bring up the concern around the market thing. And now here's where I feel like Priya in the previous conversation we were just having with this like interrogation questions, she's an entrepreneur. He's an entrepreneur. She being the entrepreneur she is, has her way of doing things, which starts with market research. Totally get that. Understand it. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And he hasn't necessarily, he's not an entrepreneur in that way that is studying the market first to each their own. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Here's what I love. And I think all of us need a friend like this. Brie, you're my friend that would ask a question as brilliant as this. But her friend goes, so did you come at it like a team? Like, were you like, is that what you mm. want to do? Where it's like, well, let's look up yeah. the market together and see how it's growing <clears throat> and see what's going on. Or are you more like, you need to do that? You know? Right. Um, yeah. Because... You know, they could, what I like about them is that because they're both entrepreneurs, they could build an empire together. You know what I mean? Right. But it's, you know, I feel that because Mizuki isn't doing his business building things the way that she feels you should do the business building things, there's a little bit of contempt that's coming up for Priya. Um, and so I just thought I wanted to point that out because I, I really think that having a friend that kind of, um, plays devil's advocate in a way where it's like instead of me just being like oh wow he doesn't do market research first and I'm gonna bandwagon in on like you know confirmation bias yeah this is this is a red flag this is something you should be concerned about it's like I'm gonna ask because it's also possible for you to support him through that and do it with him if you want to do that also the the question that sat with me throughout this whole thing was does he want your input like has he like, do we even know that it, he wants your curiosity or questions about market research for Woody or Mushrooms? Like, what what do we know about his level of uh, interest in having you be a part of that? Um, I, and I'm sort of curious just between you and I, like, do you think that she's worried about tying herself to someone whose business could fail like do, do you think that she sees him as like you know yeah. a recipe for business entrepreneurial failure yeah I think well I think that's I think because he shared how his first business went bankrupt and she might be a little like oh okay like that's scary um yeah <laughs> paired with some of the other things um and yeah, I think it, I don't think, I think it's less about like, wow, Mizuki's a failure if this doesn't work out and more just like, I think she's concerned about how that's going to impact her business. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. if she, especially if they were to get married and God forbid this business of his went bankrupt, she might be feeling like, well, how's that going to, how's that going to impact me? Am I going to be the one paying off his business failure that, and again, understandable concerns. I'm not saying she's not allowed to be concerned. It's how you communicate those concerns that matter. Um, mm -hmm. Because you can either tear somebody down and kind of bully them, or you can lift them up and then make a conscious decision if you actually want to marry this guy or not, you know? Um, yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's that. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting stuff. I'm curious to see what happens with them. Their story, their storyline throughout the show has not, been uh very clarifying for me yeah i just like 
I can't really tell what there's, you know what? There's not a lot of conflict exploration and resolution in any of these stories, except for the couples that we see break up. I know. It's like they give us everything like at the end. Yeah. Like in flashback hindsight. Weird. Yeah. yeah which like, like a style maybe, show. Yeah. Like if we were just passively like watching the show for entertainment, maybe that would be lovely. Cause I do like how they shoot it. But as two people who are trying to like de- deduce what's going on, it's, it's a little frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was something – the other thing that I don't – I'm not super – here, I don't think they're going to work out. I think they're going to either break up or at the altar, Priya's going to say no to him. Um, yeah. Because there's no emotional connection. Like, I haven't seen mm-hmm. them be tender towards one another, like, at all. I've mm-hmm. only seen Priya be the badass entrepreneur she is and show up in her relationship that way, which is like mm-hmm. – it's just not emotionally safe and it's like what like that relationship is going to keep hitting a brick wall because there's not vulnerability there's just this like factual business type yeah conversation happening so i really don't like i hate to say this but i don't really have much hope for these two no me neither well well at least from what we've been able to see what what's keeping them together nothing like we haven't gotten any information it's like do you even like him yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you have any other notes on this couple or who do you want to go yeah. to next? Yeah. All right. Uh, can we talk about Shintaro and Ayano? Totally. <laughs> you yeah. have a lot of thoughts. I have I thoughts. It's hard. I will say this one was a little bit harder for me to articulate uh, what I was feeling was um, troubling. So we'll get there mm. and maybe you can help me find my words. Um, I need help. <laughs> no, I, I think I have an understanding of what, 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 what's going on with this couple that's not working in their favor. Yeah. And it's interesting because so Ayano actually expresses it when she's talking to Midori, which was good to hear. Yeah, so um, at the start of episode seven, Shintaro seems nervous, says that it's been a while since he's lived with a partner. Um, she says she's been in love a, not, a lot, but not in a marriage and expresses like worry for their pacing. But then he was like, we'll figure that out together, which I thought like that was cute. Like, I think it's great that like they kind of come to a place where it's like, we're in this together. Like we're going to find our own pacing. We'll find our own timeline, like blah, blah, blah. But then we find out that when they first moved in together, Ayano didn't stay with him for the first two nights or three nights, two nights. Yeah. Um, And so he stayed in their apartment on their own and she went back to her own place and stayed there for two nights, which already to me is a little bit of like a, Ooh, um yeah and shantaro shares with us that she she said it was because she needed to take care of her dog but it's like if you're building what is potentially going to become a marriage don't you want to see this guy interact with your dog like don't you want to see if he contributes how he feels how he talks to the dog like that's a huge aspect of a relationship so yeah i'm like something is amiss here this is not the truth is not coming out so like yeah you know 
as we start to see them progress, I think I have a little bit of an idea, but that's all I have notes-wise for them on episode seven. Do you have anything from episode seven you want to share? Well, she mentions that her, uh, her, she's worried about the age gap. She's worried that her, and I think that this has been reinforced by her parents. So she told her parents about the engagement and her parents are concerned about the significant difference in age between the two of them. Shantara is much older. Um, And they are, I think it's that for her that started, that's getting in her head and it's contributing to her continuing to pull back even more. The, The thing with Ayano and Shantaro and I didn't appreciate that Shintaro is also struggling with this because we were so clear that we were seeing it with Ayano, which is that they are both having a hard time showing up as themselves. And instead they're engaging in this like long game of politeness um, and surface level interactions. And I think Ayano's decision to leave and all and and her decision to not sleep in the same bed she's like yeah it's hard for me to sleep which totally valid i get that um but i think all of these little these little areas of i could be giving myself the opportunity to sort of lean in and see what this is like with this person is probably informed by how her parents feel about what's going on she's probably really nervous um and she's pulling back even harder. She's she is not allowing herself to be vulnerable or to try new things. She's just being polite and she's being lovely and and it's not working in her favor or Shintaro's. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it it feels like watching um like two high schoolers like in their first relationship like navigate like a lot of firsts together you know what i mean mm. and it's like but shantaro's in his 50s and it and i think he i think there's also a part of him that's like re- like i think he very clearly states like i'm ready to have heart to heart like i want to emotionally connect i want to have the depth in our relationship but he feels that he's initiating everything which is now starting to cause some resentment for him and he he kind of you know Ayano says like I feel like you're talking to me like you're my boss what I will say I really appreciate about Shintaro is the second Ayano says that he apologizes he's like you're right I'm sorry I was like damn that was sexy like okay like a lot of the especially because of the way Ayano said it like you're talking to me like you're my boss like that could trigger someone to get super defensive so I was really impressed with his ability to be like to not go there with her um and so anyway it's just I feel I get what you're saying. And if that like, I wish Ayana would come to him with that instead of like hold this in her and only admit it in her confessional of like, well, my parents are concerned. It's like, share this with your partner, you know, like let him in on what's coming up for you because all he, he's just picking up on like the energy radar of her probably pulling (laughs) away and that tape of her parents, you know, the age difference, the concern and da, 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 da. And so instead of her just opening up to him and owning that, he's all up in his head now because he can just feel that she is like one step further away each and every day. And it's causing his anxious attachment to come online and to like glob onto her even more. Um, It's a clusterfuck between these two, honestly. And in the weirdest way too, 
I think that the that that thing that you noted about how she's not coming to him being like, this is how my parents feel and I'm nervous about that. We're seeing a lot of that across all, almost all of the couples. They're, yeah. they're noticing things that they're really worried about and nervous about. And we're not seeing any uh, expression of this is how mm-hmm. I am scared. And this is why I am scared. Mm-hmm. But to your point, when Shintaro was like, you're right. I'm so sorry. He also reinforced this. He was like, hey, like, I think that was the first time lately where he's like, um, there you are. Thank you for bringing your whole self here. When she's like, don't talk to me like, you know, yeah. I, you're my boss. You're my boss. He's, he's like, I think for him that was actually relieving because he was like, finally, like, tell me how you feel about anything. Tell me yeah. how you feel about anything because I really don't think that the two of them were getting anywhere with each other outside of that's yeah. so lovely. Isn't that so nice? This food is so yummy. Like, mm, what a, what a lovely scene. You know what I mean? Like, it feels I think like I'm <sighs> go ahead. It feels Sorry. like entertaining someone you have no, you have no desire to facilitate any type of relation, meaningful relationship with someone. Like if I am tasked to like, I don't know, like give Go someone to a, a tour. business dinner and placate somebody. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah like, exactly. Let me make it through this two-hour meal so I can tell my boss that, like, yeah, the meeting with the client. We did it. Like, it, yo, exactly. It feels so shitty like that. Like, so yeah, business it, change. Yeah, exactly. And so for him, and I'm glad that he did this. He was like, "Tell me to tell me straight." Like. I'm glad that you're telling me this. Continue to tell me, which I hope for Ayana was like a little bit of a disconfirming belief moment that like she can and therefore she should. Um, I'm curious what happens with them afterwards, but right now it's just very like, I cannot see them being together unless she just people pleased her way into marriage. Well, and that's like, it came up for her in the pods where she talks about that, right? This is the one where like her family moved around a lot. So everyone else needed to come first because she like had to function on her own because of the moving. And it's like that pattern is still showing up now, even though Shintaro is like, take up space. Like he's like asking her, like, come to me, like take up fucking space. Who are you? Like, what do you want? How do you really feel? Like he's really hungry for that level of connection with her and it feels so unsafe. And I think that paired probably because of the age difference being a concern for her parents, I'm assuming, totally assuming, and I'm happy to be completely wrong if this is off base, but it sounds like there might be some tradition, like some really intense traditional values that her parents are, you know, maybe holding her to or whatever. And so it's like, if when that is so ingrained and to go against the grain, especially in a, a area where culture is so heavily important, it's yeah. it feels uncomfortable and it feels unsafe to do that. Even if your partner mm-hmm. is sitting there being your biggest advocate for, you know, come to me, let's do this. Let's, you know, connect. Um, and I really, if I'm being super honest, I, I feel for Shantaro in the sense that I think he deserves a woman who is ready to be there for him. I'm not as concerned about him moving on when, you know, in my opinion, it's inevitable that these two are going to split. But I feel like he'll be able to figure it out. Ayano, I'm a literally like girl, like 
I want you to get the support and the tools that you need to step away from this pattern of behavior because she is, I don't think she's happy. Like, I don't get that from her in the way that she, and she's cute as a fucking button and she dresses well. And it's like, but I don't see a genuine radiance of like joy. And I I don't see a genuine anything from her. I feel that what we get is all mask. Yeah. I have no idea who she is. It makes me sad for her. Yeah. Because I don't think she knows who she, I don't think she's ever been allowed to be who she wants to be. Mm. And so, you know, that is way, like, that's going to take some time to repair and heal and grow through. And I really Mm. want that for her and the future relationship that she ends up in. I really, I really do. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's everything I have to say about these two. Ditto. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about Wataru and Midori. Midori. They're an interesting couple to me because <sighs> I, in some ways, they're the couple that I feel like I can I can access the most familiarity. Because mm. because the two of them are both quite Americanized in their experiences, mm-hmm. whether where uh, we know that Midori went to college in the United States, and I think that Wataru has worked in the United States uh, or for an American company. I'm not really sure. I might be confusing him with with Priya's background, but um, they're really Americanized. So it's like they're they're like playful, touching, and like the their lifestyles feel really familiar. Um, how, and that that it's, it puts on this lens of like, oh, they're a great couple. They're going to be great together. They're figuring all of this out. But I think that there is a lot beneath the surface and you'd have to really be listening carefully in the way that we are to notice that like, oh, okay. Like there's some stuff here that needs to be dealt with. What we can see and what's being discussed so far is that like Wataru is like, he's He's pretty content. I think he's yeah. like, I snagged a catch, which, true. Yeah. yeah. For I real. snagged a catch. Like, she is adorable. She's smart. Like, I, she's affectionate. Like, I, I'm happy. And Midori's experience is like, I can tell that he's happy. And I think that he thinks that I'm just as happy. But Whereas he feels so certain about his decision, I really need these three weeks. And I don't blame her. It's only yeah. three weeks. She's like, I need these three weeks to figure out if we're going to be a good couple. She's, I mean, she's saying it, but we're going to say it much more bluntly. She's not attracted to him and it's fucking with her. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder. So there's definitely a part of me that agrees with you on the physical attraction i'm curious to know how much is at play with that i mm. also think she struggles to receive the kind of love that wataru is totally now and i totally. and i have fucking been there before like in the past when i was so accustomed to like abusive toxic relationship cycles when i finally had my first healthy relationship i was like this is weird like yeah. you're being nice to me you want to treat me like what like you're yeah. you made a dinner reservation for me like what yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and so 
it was just, I feel like there's a little bit of that. We hear her say it a few times where she's like, oh my God, he is like this love that he's dishing out. Like it feels like overwhelming. And so I'm trying to figure out like how much of it is physical attraction or how much is it the emotional side? And because the, maybe it's bleeding into the physical attraction side, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it makes me sad because Midori is so worth being like and then some like yo you she's adorable like you said she's put together she's successful she's grounded i feel like she's a great communicator i think she is has a good balance of like teasing someone but then like accepting them and like seeing their value system for what it is Mm. um because she talks about that when she goes to see wataru's apartment she playfully is like this is such a rich guy stereotype apartment and then like starts to say like I understand like you spend money on things that you value I'm the same way you know so it's like like I love that she can accept that about him instead of it being like why do you spend money on a stereo system like you know right right yeah um so I of all of the couples I'm with you I am rooting for these two the most because I do think that there is a lot of potential here and I think they look adorable (laughs) together I know I I, think they're a great fit I know. I am curious to know what comes up for Midori, especially as we see them move forward. I was kind of surprised to hear her say, you know, she says on episode seven, she's like, I'm not at a 10 with him romantically. And I'm like, okay, I get that. Like that can take time to build. But then when she has Ayano and Shintaro over for dinner and then the girls go off and talk and she's talking to Ayano about what's coming up for her, I was a little bit more surprised to hear her go in depth about it. Just saying like, you know, we're like, essentially like we're a good match, but like, are we good enough to get married? And like, am I really feeling it? Yeah, Um, sure. I wish we had like me to hear. I wish we had a one-on-one of Midori talking to someone who's already been a part of her life for a very long time that really knows her. I wish we had a one-on-one chat to see her be like, this is really what I'm worried about. And so for a friend to be able to be like, hey, like, you deserve this type of affection. You deserve this type of love. Like, this this person could be a really good match for you. Um, yeah. However, I love that she recognized that she needs to spend some time with herself. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Let's talk about this. This is huge in relationships. I didn't love how it was communicated between the two of them. And maybe there was a larger conversation, but she was basically like, I'm going to go get dinner with my friend. And he's like, okay, so does that mean that I, uh, I'm on my own for dinner? And she's like, you can do what you want. In America, saying someone do as you please is very like passive aggressive. So for me, for me, I was listening and I was like, but I don't know if it was, if, if it was like, taken that way um it didn't seem like it but i agreed with you i was like whoa okay whoa yeah i see <laughs> yeah ice queen yeah but yeah no i think it's I, I think that i like that the the parallel that she made with the pods it's like they didn't get to see each other all the time so the her affection really got to build also parentheses i think midori's experience of getting to know wataru built up the idea of who wataru is instead of actually getting to know who he is. And I think it's less just the physical stuff. And I think it's more of the the idea of the person that you were falling in love with is not the very real person who you're connecting with. Yo. The very real person you're connecting with is actually great. 
Yeah. I want to just insert here. This is why I'm like, stop fucking messaging on apps for so damn long and just meet them. Yeah. Because of this, when we're on apps, it's like, yeah, you get to see a photo, but like you're in a textual relationship where it's like, you can only get to know so much. And a lot of people build up this idea of who this person is so that by the time they get on the date, they're like already planning their fucking wedding to this person. And like, no, you cannot. Yeah. Breathe. I do this. I do this. So all of us have, but it's like, yeah. we, you know, as we heal and grow, we get away from it because the reality yeah. is, it's like, it's not true. Like it is a yeah. pod, like you are in a pod. So yeah. I just wanted to like say, while we're on this topic, I'm going to call it out and be like, all y'all who are, you know, with so much love, by the way, but you know, I need to message them for two weeks before I meet them. You are doing yourself a disservice. Like, totally. Just totally. meet them, get it over with. You will be able to tell in uh, one hour, let's go grab a coffee or drink way faster if this person is worth your time. Instead of investing two weeks of texting time only to be like, well, that was a bust. A hundred percent. Yeah. And and all the while, I think her reaching for, uh, I need to spend time alone, I think is going to help sort of create enough space for her to be able to um, allow her what allow her feelings for Wataru and her experience being with him post pods to start to sort of settle and sink in. That's my hope. Yeah. Cause I hope that she can recognize that like he's a solid catch. Well, that's and the two why of them like, are together really good. This is why I think it's because she is having this duality. And that's why I'm like, this is something from her past. Like I would love to have a session with her just to kind of dig some stuff up because she says this, she's like, I'm confused about my feelings. I know our connection is special. I know that we get along, but it's hard for me to express my feelings. And so it's like, okay, let's get curious about that. You know, yeah. like what about it? Like, does it, does it feel unsafe receiving it? What about that? Is it because he has money and is trying to treat you in this way? Is it because, you know, it feels maybe more stable than other things you've been in? Is it because like you, maybe your love language is different than what he's loving on you with and vice versa? Like, let's get curious Yeah, because that's why I'm like, it just doesn't make sense that she can acknowledge on the one side with her logical mind. Like, this is a great fit. But then emotionally, she's like, but why don't I feel all the feelings, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Okay, Buckwheat. Um, Rotor- Rotaro and Matomi. Yeah, Rotaro and Matomi. I just think that they're adorable. Me fucking too. I'm pleasantly surprised by them. Like, yeah, me too. I, I was stoked when they first met and everything, but... There's a part of, I actually don't know how old they are, but it feels, they feel very young and fresh young, to me. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know how young they actually are. Um, yeah. But as I've seen them start to cohabitate and they do such a good job of like um, uh, meeting each other's needs where like we see her making miso for him for the first time and he comes in to do a taste test she's like "Ooh, it needs more miso and then she playfully like kicks him out and he's like he wants to like sit near the kitchen to be able to like engage with her but she's like go away and he's like well, yeah there's no one over there though and like <laughs> but they're like they're like laughing about it it's cute it's not like this threatening like get yeah. out of the kitchen like you know yeah. Um, or all, or like Priya and Mizuki, like, why are you watching me? 
Yeah. And then um, what I love as well is we start to see them cook together. And she's like, you know, like communicating very clear, like I need the onions thinly sliced. And he's like, yes, chef, like, you know, playing along, (laughs) like I'm an apprentice. I just think that there's so much about relationships and like you know I'm I'm talking to my my old school self because like I used to be so stuck in my own ways where it's like Mm. if I asked a partner to cut an onion and it wasn't right I would have been like really upset about it Mm. and it's like for what like for Mm. what and so I love that these two are able to come together and like playfully support each other through this process as they're still learning each other still nurturing their relationship and mm-hmm. it's not getting like icky, you know, they're just mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is how I need the onion cut. You got it. Like, cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's really cute. It's really cute. I also love that he fixes her hair all the time. Oh my God. I think that's adorable. Um, the, I, I just want to highlight something and something I forgot about Wataru and Midori is like, uh, when Rotoru and Matomi are cooking together, and when Wataru and Midori are exercising together, these are really, really, really good ways to like engage in a regular, schmegular, everyday activity that builds intimacy that's not sexual, but yeah. can lead to sexual. How many times have you been in the kitchen with someone making something and then like hand starts a touching, things get messy? Yeah. You know, Maybe in a good way, in the, the onion, best way. But yeah. Maybe not with the onion, but like maybe a little sauce, you know, chocolate, a little saucy, yeah. Cream. So, um, I just think that these things are really good to be able to do together. And I know, did you just get lost in a moment? Maybe. <laughs> um, I think that these are good things to do together. That can sort of like, if if you only have three weeks to spend with someone to like figure out like, are we a match before we literally get married? do life together do life activities together yes cook pay your bills like what is that like put a budget together cut your banks yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm also laughing because also before we started recording today brie was teaching me how to trim my bangs so it's like Uh you know you're my retaro yeah Um, i am okay (laughs) there's one thing that's coming up between matomi and rotaro that's like I think it's being teased as this could be concerning. Um, mm. We know oh. that, yeah, we know that Matomi it comes from a more conservative background than Rotaro. Like Rotaro is definitely part of more of an eclectic, artistic part of his culture because of what he does and and the spaces that he occupies. Like even meeting his friends, his friends, I was like, they're fucking dope Brad. This, like yeah. yeah i'm like i want to hang out with you guys in japan like maybe I that's know. who i message next for an interview and i'll be like really mm. like yes i want to interview you but also like can brie and i come crash with you guys oh my god they seem really sick um <laughs> but i think matomi and and i understand this like it i i am careful to not just assume that this is just 100 judgment because i don't okay. think that that's what's happening I think Matomi is just being honest with herself to say, I am nervous about Rotoro meeting my family, specifically my dad. He's a really traditional guy. And I think that um, my partner's looks is going to be off-putting. What I hope is established 
is some room for Rotoro to just be who he is because he is just – like what I get from him, he's so gentle and he's so yeah. sweet and he's and he really, really thoughtful. He really yeah. likes her. He prioritizes her. And it's like at the end of the day, isn't that what every parent wants for their kid? Like just someone who loves them. Mm. You know, Some parents. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So – you know, if I was if I was Matomi, I would be like, yo, girl, like, let your parents know ahead of time, because I think what won't serve the connection is if they're just like, surprise, here's my yeah. beach chip boyfriend, yeah. like, right, you know, right. Um, I really think that if she has that conversation with like, hey, we're going to come see you like the day before, like, we're going to come see you guys, I do want you to know, like, he has blonde hair and some tattoos and like, but he really cares about me and we have such a lovely thing going. So like keep an open right. mind. Yeah. I would personally want to have that combo yeah. to like set the expectation instead yeah. of it like blindsiding them with like this, what seems because of culture and tradition, like outlandish for them, you know? Yeah, totally. Manage, manage your, your people's expectations. Because yeah. it is true, a lot of people that love us want us to be with someone that we're happy, that makes us happy, and that we're that we love. But they also are focusing on like, is this person going to protect my child or my friend? Are they going to take care of them, or is there going to be a mutual exchange of caring for? Um, and depending on your culture and what lenses you have in place, there's different signs and signals that are like, oh no. This person is going to lead my child down a, a ruthless path. And yeah. it's just sort of like manage manage your people's expectations and, and it'll probably serve you. 100. Mm-hmm. All right. Are we going to go over to Mori and Minami? Yeah, I think they're our last couple, right? Yep. And for good reason. They had to be. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Yeah. So Mori and Minami. Um, she says she's in love with him and that she has many moments where this pops up into her head where she's like, I love him. I like him. I want to be with him. Yay. Yeah. But she's not saying that. No. Um, meanwhile, Maury, he's having, (laughs) not feeling the same. He is having like a lot of concerns pop up where, you know, they're, he feels like they're going to butt heads and Mm -hmm. he's kind of right. Yeah. Um, and so uh, what we see in episode seven is he takes her to his apartment. She sees how many clothes he has. And one of the first things she says, I don't know if she said this to him directly, but she very much says it to us where she's like, he needs to downsize his closet. And I'm like, oh, no, this is where we're going to get into like, a, you need to be the partner that I'm going to make you into instead of like. You can have all the clothes right. you want, babe. If we need to get right. a storage unit, we'll talk about it to make room for my right. shit. But right, right. it's she's like particular. you need to Yeah, she's very particular. She also the hair thing comes up a lot too, where yeah. um she's asked him to pick up his loose hairs. And it's actually kind of funny going back to Rotaro and um uh oh my gosh, I'm forgetting her name. Matomi? The other M- Mato- uh, Mato- there's yes, so many Matomi. m names there's many Matomi, many many Minami, m names i'm like okay Mori, so Ritaro yeah. and matomi, and matomi. He, she was like i don't know like you know do you want me to pick up my hairs and he was like only an uptight person would say that and then like flash 
forward over into Mori and Minami, and she's asking wow. him to pick up his hairs. I thought that I was didn't catch funny. that. I didn't. I catch thought that. it was funny. Um, but yeah, Mori's just really concerned about how she be, and yeah. the pressure that he's feeling because she's so particular. And mm -hmm. I totally get it. I totally get it. This is one of those situations where if you're going to be a stickler for things like that, you have to choose someone who's also just as much of a stickler for things like that. You know? Totally. And there's yeah. like, Maury doesn't, ex doesn't share and reveal. And I get this. I think he was trying to protect himself. But yeah. I wish that he shared why his hair is falling out. You know, he, know. he, he talks about it with, with the producers where he's like, you know, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I've started to take medication um, to support hair growth because I don't want to be bald. And I think maybe he's already experiencing some hair loss. So he's taking, he's like, basically a lot of hair is falling out because of the the actions that I'm, the measures that I'm taking. Yeah. And I wish that he would tell her that so that she understood and could be maybe gentler with her delivery which is yeah. ultimately what he wants anyway. Like his, his big thing with Maury, in addition to her being really particular is like, he, he wants her to be mindful of how she says things to him, which I thought was kind of difficult because of course that's fair to be able to express and explore with a partner of like, is there room for you to be, um, to like manage how you, express your concerns or your criticism so that I can hear it in a gentler way and I can feel less criticized, less judged. There's room yeah. for that. And he's also sort of like asking her to be kind of a different person than she is. Uh, what's her name? Minami. Minami. Minami, like she, she shoots from the hip. It's sort of like thought hits frontal lobe out goes mouth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it just like it all just comes right out and she's very matter of fact and she's pretty black and white and it's kind of just who she is. And I think with a different kind of person that it, it's going to be valued. So I was feeling for her being in the experience of being told to be different and express different when really like this is who she is. Yeah, I don't want her to like misunderstand that these things are not valuable fun right. features of her yeah 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 the other thing that i kind of want to throw out about and this is just like a lesson in love a lesson yeah. in love i think asking your partner and this is more than just picking up loose hair it's like picking up socks picking up boxers picking up whatever right i think we can absolutely request our partner to do that if they don't already do it and to be mindful of that in the sense that it's a team but I also am like Manami you can pick up his hair too every once in a while when you see it because here's the th I, I was told this when I was like 20 and it stuck with me and it was this woman who had been married for a while at the time, if you are new to my story, I got married at the age of 20. So everyone was giving me relationship advice. This is the yeah. only piece of advice I remember. Um, but she was like, you know, I used to get so mad at my husband for leaving his socks on the floor. And then one day mm. I picked up socks and I had this revelation where it was like, if anything ever happened to my husband, I would miss having his socks on the floor mm. for something for me to pick up. Yeah, And I think we can meet each other in the middle there with that, where it's like, you know, 
yes, I don't want to always be your fucking nanny and picking your mm. shit up. That's very valid. Yeah. And I, I, I feel I have felt that way in relationships where it's like almost expected of me to clean up after you. Not the vibe. Okay. Not the but vibe. if we meet in the middle and it's like, you know, 50% of the time you're picking up your, maybe 60, maybe 70, you're picking up your stuff. And then I'm there to help and vice versa. It's like, seeing those hairs and being like oh my babe's hairs like let me just get this out of the way real quick for that. <laughs> you know what i mean instead of it being like god this dirty piece of you know it's like yeah how can we choose to perceive this in a different way instead of the resent like us being so like resentful for it happening to be yeah with, you know and at the same time i i can see how that really like builds up um yeah. however I can see how that resentment builds up with a person who you've expressed time and time again, like, Hey, I really need oh your God. help with yes. this. Yeah. But with, with Maury, like he, I, I appreciated that in the conversations that they're having, he was like, I, you know, you asked me to start being mindful of my hair and I'm doing that. I think yeah. what he, it was hard to know exactly what he was asking for from her. Cause he was just saying, I need you to change how you talk to me. Yeah. But I think what he was saying was like, I actually need to hear you give me praise when I do the thing that you were hell bent on me doing that I made a change Ooh. for, for you. But it's very I'm, different I'm conversation. Different. I'm reading between the lines though, because I, until they got to the end conversation that we'll get to, I wasn't really sh like, I was kind of trying to deduce what he was asking of. Like I appreciated yes. that the two of them were sitting down and having chats and that yep. one person would be like, I'm going to say, a thing are you listening yep. and the other person would start another conversation say a thing but i was like what are we asking of each other here can i you and i are the fucking i mean we're not the same but this was this is we my exact similar note. thought process mm -hmm. ready my frustration with this couple is that i don't feel there is clarity on what needs to be adjusted for them to meet in the middle and fix it i think they struggle to communicate <laughs> Yeah. So it's like, there isn't clarity. It's not like I need you to do this moving forward because I value yeah. this, right? Yeah. It's like, you know. Yeah, no um, wonder they feel like there's so much tension in their time spent together because they're having all of these serious conversations and it's good. I'm glad that they're sitting down and doing the chats. But of course there's going to be tension if there's never any like effort to meet somewhere uh, in it. What are we yeah. doing? What are you doing? What am I doing? Stuff what like are that. we aiming for? Like, what yeah. the fuck are we aiming for? <clears throat> There's no direction on like where we're headed. So as episode eight progresses, this is really sad. Um, we see the producers, film crew, whoever talking to Mori in their apartment where Minami literally locked herself in the room and is crying. And Mori's like, we can't do this today. Like, mm. yo, like we're not, today's not a good day. Um, which is like, fuck, what conversation happened to lead to that? That sucks. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I hear Minami say, she says, uh, it feels like it's all my fault and like, I deserve it, which had my heart ache for her. Cause I'm like, babe, why? Like, what do you mean you deserve it? Like, you don't deserve to feel this way. You don't deserve to, yeah. you know, feel unloved. It's not about unchosen. deserving. Yeah. No. Um, but I also want to understand why she feels like it's all her fault. Um, and so then they meet for dinner. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. I, I appreciated how 
Minami like entered in this conversation, she really wanted to clarify why she wanted Mori to meet her friend. So what we hadn't mentioned is that like uh, Minami was talking about inviting Mori to meet her friends, as we're seeing a lot of these other couples do. And Mori wasn't certain about it because he was, I think he was trying to express like, I don't really feel like we're in the place where it makes sense to meet your people, um, which I understood. But I think she was like, she was like, wait a minute. I don't think you totally understood why I was even suggesting that in the first place. And so she clarified, she was like, when I asked you that, I want you to know it's not because I feel so much certainty. Um, It's because I want you to get to know who I am when I spend time with my friends because I feel most like myself. And I think that this is a little bit of a recovery effort on her end because he brought up to her in a previous conversation about how he finds her to be quite negative and very critical of others, which was very surprising to me. We haven't seen any of that. No. We haven't seen it, but just because we haven't seen it doesn't mean it's happening. But like, obviously it's true because Minami was like, that's something that I've been trying to work on in myself. And also like, I, I I was attracted to you because you are such a good person and I've really wanted to work on this about myself through being your partner, which I have feelings about that, but, um, yeah, but so anyway, she was trying to, I think she was trying to be like, I want you to have an opportunity to see me in a space where I'm really safe and I'm really comfortable the best version of me. And I want like, maybe don't leave me before you get a chance to see that version. And he was like, yes, thanks, but, but no thanks. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <coughs> Maury says it's best if they end their relationship. He says she brought the best out of him, which I feel was like lip service. Um, and yeah, he says he doesn't have any regrets, which I do believe is true. Uh, and she was really upset. And that is that. Can I say something? And I know the answer is yes, because this is quite literally what we're here to do. Yeah. Yeah. I Give it to me. I don't fault Maury for having the thought, feelings, reactions to any and all about this experience. Like I, I, I do think at the end of the day, they're probably not compatible. Yeah. However, from the start, Maury has been a very cautious individual throughout every step of this process. Even before he made a decision to propose to Minami, he was like, uncertain at every turn and it's possible that he really just didn't feel like he was finding his best match but he needed to like move forward anyway I don't know but I I have found him to be kind of nitpicky in a very careful and polite way I found him to be nitpicky the entire time I think here's I think Mori is Karu in female form a little bit it's like yeah. Right? I feel like those two would be a, a better match because I think they're more traditional. I think it's more like I'm looking for a partner to fit my world in the way that I see my partner fitting in my world yeah. instead of two humans coming together and developing their unique partnership. Right. Yeah. And so I do feel that like 
the, what I'm picking up with Mori is very similar to Ka- what I'm picking up with Karu in the mm-hmm. sense that it's like the quirks of their partners are setting something off within themselves. And mm-hmm. because of that, they push the partner away instead of being curious around like, what is this bringing up within me? Mm-hmm. Is this something I'm willing to navigate? And clearly they're not, right? Or at least yeah. Mori's not. So yeah, I, I, that's that. That's what I'm feeling. And it's, look, you guys, to each their own. I'm not saying it's a right or wrong thing. I do think that it's going to be a lot harder and relationships will have more tribulations when you are like ruling the relationship with an iron fist of like, this is how it needs to be for me. Instead of being like, okay, this person is who they are and let's meet in the middle. Like that's my personal opinion. Um, But yeah, it's like... (laughs) they very much have a hard and fast idea of like what they've envisioned for their marriage and partnership. And since their partners are not aligning with that through and through, they are pushing their partner away, not open to influence and are essentially removing themselves with Lori. We see that with Karu. We haven't seen it yet, but I feel like we will. Oh, I second that. I think she's on her way to removing herself. Meanwhile, I want to end it on this cliffhanger. We see Wataru get his hair did. He says he's making preparations to propose Mm -hmm. to Midori in Mm -hmm. RL, meaning Mm face-to-face instead of through a pod. Yeah. And he takes her to a nice restaurant and says i have the i had the chef pick out whatever the hell we're eating i don't know we're flying blind through this experience i love that me fucking too and like yeah. yo i don't i'm not even a fish person and like watching them be served like uh what i was going to say nigiri. nigiri yeah nigiri is that what it is or as i don't know i i i know I the like, difference is between that the steak from harry potter no, like that's no. what I don't know that I I always get confused about nigiri and sashimi and I'm certain anyone who's listening to this is probably like fucking idiot but one of them is like sashimi is just fish nigiri is right nigiri is with with rice there you go gotcha thank you I'm watching I'm like fuck yeah I want it even though I'm like not usually a fish eater but like in that setting and that vibe the way it was plated give me in Japan yeah give me I will eat fish in Japan (laughs) you better anyway Bitch, you better. We, we, oh, 100. Come on now. I'm like, I'm here for the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, we see him get on a knee and pop the question and the episode cuts. Ends. So I am, I am tripping because right before then, Midori is being so honest with him about like, yo, I don't know how I feel. And he didn't give any fucks. He's like, I'm still doing this the right way. And I was, Dang. I was low key imple- impressed, but also there was like a part of me that's like abort, abort. I know. I know. Well, also like maybe uh, just postpone, postpone, have a, right. ha- like engage postpone. in the conversation. Pause. <laughs> Pause. Engage in the conversation at least to start, but like I think that the the film uh, he was ready to propose. He got the haircut, like yeah. he was in the suit, and he was at the sh- chef's table, like it was time. He looked good too, and Very I will good. say this: like one thing that we have consistently seen with Wataru, and I actually really value this in the for the human that he is. Like I love this about him is that when he makes a decision, he fucking makes a decision. And I Mm -hmm. think that's sexy about a person. Mm -hmm. This wishy-washy weirdness that, like, we have choice paralysis because now we're on dating apps and have, like, a million Mm. people at our fingertips. And it's just, like, 
I, you know, it's, it's really fucking refreshing to have sh- someone show up and be like, I like you. I committed to you. I'm seeing this through with you. I'm choosing it's you. It's like, yeah. oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. What Alice are we is ditching? Need, uh, she needs some time to herself. Um, <laughs> we're ditching. I think generally we are ditching, like, if you, if you have concerns within your relationship, you got to talk about it. Like you're like, stealing my okay, thing. 100. I guess that's exactly what I was going to say. Right. Specifically what I think that we should ditch is like, stop asking roundabout questions to get information that could just be found by having an honest, vulnerable. put our defenses down, vulnerable conversation. Exactly. Fuck yeah. And I want to piggyback off of this and say, we need to ditch vague conversations around conflict and actually get to solutionable action steps solutionable is not a word i made it up i think but i you know like what I mean. it keep it in the gloss solutionable actionable <laughs> steps um because a lot of what we're seeing in these thank you for being a supporter blind yeah supporting. i love it i love uh, it but what we're seeing and what i see so freaking much with even my own clients is like, you know, you want a different outcome, right? But it's Mm -hmm. like, if we don't equip our partner with how to get to that outcome, we're Mm -hmm. never going to fucking get there, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, when you give someone directions, it's like, you're going to take a right and head north on this street, right? Because if you go left and head south, you're not going to get there, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, we need to give clear directions within our relationships on like, Hey, when this happens, it makes me feel this way moving forward. Instead of doing this, can we do this together in this Mm -hmm. way so that we can move forward and I can feel safe and you can feel safe and hurt and all those things. And yay. but it needs to be clear, not just like, I didn't like that. That hurt my (laughs) feelings. What am I? Yes, I need to hear that. But then what would you prefer me to do if not that, you know? Yep. Yeah. Engage. Yeah. Um, is that it? The end. The That's end. The end. That's, That's it. the end. That's We're the end. We're wrapping it up. Um, okay. Thank you for being on this journey with us, on our Love is Blind Japan journey with us. Um, thank you for being on this COVID journey with me. Um, yeah. If you would like to um, reach out to us, reach out to us via Instagram or TikTok. We're at Ditch the Script Pod on all platforms. Um, you can also head to our website, www.ditchthisdiet, four W's. Anyway three ww's dots <laughs> covid brain is really having you drip over the words i just and add one million so... w's <laughs> i was like www.ditchthescriptpod.com thank you reach out at leave us a question just apply for whatever. a mini session whatever just fucking you go know. to the website god damn it God yeah. damn it. Um, we love you. Go to subscribe to our YouTube. Just and, like accept us for the hot messes that we are. Thank you, please. Yeah. Spam us everywhere with your love. Thank and you. And follows. We appreciate okay. it. Bye. Bye.